0: Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football
1: game on the road at hisportsfans.com.
0: Aloha and welcome to another episode of the Rainbow Wrap-Up. It is a beautiful and glorious Tuesday night. This is when we usually are recording our show. um, When we try to, we try and be consistent here, but um, it's been, geez, about three years since this pandemic and we've been live streaming and we've been podcasting and it's been really exciting. And today, of course, I bring on uh, someone that's been with me since the beginning, Sean Eyman. What's up, Sean?
1: What's up, Wayne? What's up, Warrior Nation?
0: We're missing tonight our Shane Head Agno, um, but we send our love to him. He'll be back next time. But today's show, we're going to talk a lot about the little stadium event that's upcoming on Saturday, um, all the different tiered entries. So there's a lot of information that has been put out. So we'll, we'll try and help you and clear that up and maybe we'll see you there. So make sure you say hi. Um, we'll also talk about the AD search, uh, the athletics director search at UH, how it's been going so far. Um, Steven Tsai had another fire article about it. He, he gets very, you know, he's yeah. a guy that, like we said, you got to read between the lines with him. I mean, he's a funny guy as well, but he's a guy that a lot um, that's unsaid is actually being said too. So we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll talk about some of our upcoming tours because now football season over, we're going to look forward to men's volleyball um, at UH. Of course, it's all about winning that third national championship in a row. So we're going to be there. We're going to send out those positive vibes because even though the team has not yet been invited, we know they're going to be there. So uh, (laughs) we're going to, we have something for you right now, HISportsfans.com. You check it out, send us a message. You'll be able to, um, be first in line and be sitting right behind the bench. You know, I already got our tickets. I don't know if you know this. And there's no refund on these tickets. Okay. So if you want to be sitting with our crew right behind the bench, second row, you know, you got to take that risk because life is about risk. So, um, come, come join us. You just got to put on a deposit. You're going to get a really great tour guaranteed for you. Plus be one of the first in line. Um, when you know the team is actually announced and invited, because it's going to be a crash of just people trying to get onto this tour, and I want you to take advantage of being able to do it early. Um, we also have uh, the conference tournament tour. That one they are going to be in for sure, and will very likely be the number one seed. We're hoping for the number one seed in the national tournament as well. But if it is like last year where they played in the quarterfinals, we're going to be there in time. Uh, flying into Washington, D.C., Reagan Airport, Tuesday night quarterfinals, Wednesday night, we're going to see the Nationals versus the Cubs, Thursday night, semifinals, Friday night, more Washington, D.C. action. We're going to be right there in Washington, D.C., actually very close to the monuments, the Smithsonian's memorials. We're going to see all of them as well. So all this touring is a part of this tour as well. So if you've never been to the nation's capital, it's a perfect time. And you get to just have so much fun and everything's planned out and you don't have to drive. You don't have to park. You don't have to put gas. I mean, all these things that are really annoying. Plus the the planning of it all is stressful. You don't have to worry about it. Just coming with HI sports fans. So very excited about that. Um, And of course, UH football, nashville tennessee we're gonna have such a great tour to nashville i'm i'm so excited because it's gonna be my first time it's a bucket list city and definitely one that i've always wanted to check off um i've been to the state i've been chattanooga we went there on the super bowl 53 tour so now we're going to uh, move it a little bit north to nashville tennessee honky tonks with live music all night every night how that sounds so fun and um, I've been subconsciously/slash consciously listening to a lot more country music lately. I don't know why. I'm not a country <laughs> music listener at all, but I think just the um, excitement of being there. We're also going to go to the Grand Old Opry. It's the longest-running uh, radio show I believe in the country. It's been going for over 100 years, and they they have these acts that run out about eight acts, three songs each. And we're also going to go backstage. So the Grand Old Opry, very famous venue. Wow. Um, yeah, it's going to be so awesome. So I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to do a hop on hop off trolley tour in Nashville. Um, we're going to eat hot chicken, Hattie bees. Uh, they're famous for that. So we love to check off bucket list items. And when you come with Hawaii sports fans, I mean, these tours, first of all, wherever I go, whatever tour I go, whether I've been somewhere or not, you know, I take a lot of time to think about how I'm going to make the tour start from beginning to end. And, you know, we've been doing it now 11 years now. Um, and, I can tell you we've all only had amazing tours. We've only had A-plus tours. Um, Maybe some people had A-minus experiences, maybe (laughs) A. (laughs) Some people might have, you know, didn't like too much walking, you know, or something. Because before Mm. I said, not make them walk a lot. I just really love walking. And I think walkable places are really fun. Like when I go on my own vacations, I, I hike so much. With without with that being said, no, we do not do hikes. I don't waste You know that but video. Feels that like video it.
1: Puts it, that video you put together looked really great, and I I wish I could come.
0: Um, Which are, one? Are you
1: the the Nash the Nashville one?
0: Oh okay okay yeah yeah that looked
1: great. And are you are you doing the not the Big West tournament in Henderson?
0: So this year we're not going to do the Big West tournament just because um, you know we haven't had one since the pandemic actually the pandemic hit on the tour. So literally, right, right. The, yeah. So it's been kind of like bad memories. We haven't been able to dredge up. <laughs> <no one>. juju. <laughs> um, but this year I'm going to Costa Rica to support LAFC. Oh, to play wow. in The Champions League and that's in two weeks. So I'm going to from gotcha. um, actually I'll see you next week. When I see everybody at the stadium, I'm actually going to be home because I'm working the PacWest basketball tournament. March madness is starting and Shaman is hosting. Um, This is going to be our 10th year having the Back West basketball tournament. I've been with the Back West since uh, 2007 when I graduated from college. And um, Bob Hogue has been the commissioner since then, and he's retiring this summer as well. I don't know if he is a candidate for the AD job. I mean, he would be a candidate in my opinion, but I don't know if he is even thinking about applying. Uh, But he's a guy that I started my athletics administration, collegiate administration career with off um, does, does he meet ago. the
1: minimum does he meet the minimum requirements? <laughs> he at least does
0: <laughs> meet the minimum requirements but i think he, he does, does. Yeah. i think he does <laughs> have the potential too to be a guy that um also can bring that local feel back even as a guy who grew up in la Habra, california and is proud of mm-hmm. his socal roots he is definitely a local guy as well a local kid as well so um he uh would be a, a great candidate so we'll talk about some people you know and talk about steven Sy's article but i think what's been interesting with this whole um you know with all this retirement now bob's retiring dave matlin is retiring is mm-hmm. you know people retire at certain times because obviously it's just the time they feel it but in a, in a lot of ways it feels like Collegiate athletics is becoming more difficult to be an administrator. I'm just a part-time. I've been a part-time administrator for 16 years, even from the beginning. I used to do a compliance. I did a lot of very NCAA administrative type things, which happen in every office, athletics office across the country. People who are in charge of compliance, people who are in charge of ticketing, people who are in charge of facilities, right? So it's the same. And usually it's a very work your way up place just like any industry i shouldn't say like it's different in athletics but definitely when you play ball right when you play the game of just put your head down and do whatever it takes to move from one spot to the next and the adage in athletics administration is you're moving from florida international university and maybe you're you just got out of college and now you're a an intern and then they hire mm-hmm. you at um you know a wisconsin eau claire college a division three school and you're finally now a uh, division um you know you're in division three now but maybe you're an assistant uh marketing person mm-hmm. and but your your contract is up so now you're going across the country and because you know d3 likes you you're going to be at um pomona pitzer in california and now you're the actual marketing director. Um, and then you're there for a long time. And then five years later, hey, you want to, you're so good at marketing. You go D1 and they rec- see you in, in Cali and you become the Fresno State, you know, marketing. So that's how athletics usually works. So you're jumping around and, you know, mm-hmm. that is the, the norm, you know, for me, I love California and Hawaii. Like I'm born and raised in Hawaii. I wish I could be there my whole life, but I knew that I'd have to go away a little bit. But California is as far as I wanted to go. After going to college in New York, you know, for me, uh-huh. I knew that I wasn't going to jump around, but I was lucky, you know, to be with the West. but it made things harder because I couldn't really advance. It's just money isn't there in D2. D3 and D1 have more money um, in general. So oh,
1: interesting.
0: people are jumping around and, But that's just the thing. They're jumping around and that's the goal. Your goal is to be basically athletic director one day, even though that's not for everyone, to be quite honest, right? Like that marketing person might be great at marketing, but if they can't be a great public speaker, if they don't know how to shake the hands as an administrator. you have yeah. to be a marketer, but you also have to be good at compliance. You also have to know a lot about facilities. You also have to know a lot about ticketing. You also have to know yes. you have to know all these things, yes. But overall, you have to be the you are the 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 face. You are the voice. The kahuna. Yeah. yeah, you're the kahuna. And you know, it not it doesn't work everywhere. You know, as I in my athletics journey, um, I was lucky to win grants to go to um, be part of a lot of minority opportunities. Like I was on the minority opportunities committee a national committee for the NCAA for four years. I was on the committee with the Kansas senior associate AD, the Notre Dame number two. She's still my friend. She's the number two, probably making, oh my gosh, probably 20 times what I was making a year, but we're on the same Mm -hmm. committee and these are people. So I know what these power broker people look like. I mean, she had a law degree, My Mm -hmm. other friend, he played football at Kansas, and his brother was Ryan Howard, um, who played for the Phillies. So he had a name. So, all these names, these power names, these power levels, these come into effect when you start getting to that level where these people are trying to get to the AD level. So that's mostly what you're dealing with. Even though I think a lot of it is hot air, you know, like I, in, in my time in athletics administration, I met. A lot of people that I was very like I respected a lot, and I was like, "Wow, their journey has been amazing." But there is just a lot of brown nosing, sycophantic. I mean, the normal people you'd probably find in normal jobs, and they're everywhere. And they will kiss up. They will. They will play the game. They will do what Mm. it needs to be done, right? Which brings us to an AD job being filled at UH, and uh, the. There are candidates from every ilk. Many of them look like the ones I described, power brokers who have been around for a while. Some of them may be in athletics. Some of them, maybe they were lawyers. Some of them maybe were accountants, you know, they are, but they, they are just people that are well-connected and have money already and a name, um, politics a lot too. Right. So those are the out of the box people, but, more than not, in and in, in athletics and at the NCAA, you'll see a lot of this notion of moving people up a rank from mm-hmm. from within, um, similar to what happens on the field, right? Because coaches usually go that same path, right? You're you are right.
1: promote from
0: Yeah, you're yeah. an intern, but then you have to jump around, right? Timmy Chang had to go to um, the Henry and Emory or whatever that school was called in Division yep. Three school. And then he also, mm-hmm. you know, he had to work his way around. Jackson but State. So did Stutzman, you know. And the yeah. good thing is with, with football, unlike with some sports, football at least they respect the divisions in terms of like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Right? If you're a good coach, you're a good coach. right? A lot of the best coaches in the NFL were Division three people, right? They weren't Division one people. They were...
1: You gotta start somewhere.
0: <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm a Division three athlete, so yeah, I'm definitely proud of that level, but the thing is, like, there's a lot of the best knowledge there. Maybe not the tallest people are there. Um, you know, obviously being 6'2 in Hawaii, I was pretty tall. But when I went to college, they're like, okay, you're a guard. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not tall anymore. Um, but you know, like the thing is having having uh the athletics be very much uh, uh an industry wherein you have to earn your way to the next level, right? If, if you're a great athlete, you're recognized. If you're a great coach, you're recognized. You're always moving up. So there's always that moving up, moving up, and finding someone to take you with them, right? Someone becomes a head coach you're right. their coordinator, right? How many people did Timmy bring that were probably kids that just started, like just started at Nevada? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like he brought a, bu- a bunch of children with him. Not to say it's bad <laughs> or anything, but he didn't really know that many people. He was young himself. But these are the type of people, right? You latch on to the people that can take you to the next place. So keeping all this in mind, I think that's why when Stephen Sye puts out articles like, that's really, in my opinion, encouraging readers, encouraging the administration to buck the trends, to stop thinking the way you've been thinking in years past, to to realize that it's going to take somebody out of the box. Somebody, yes, that, has the qualifications to be a athletics director and understand the nuts and bolts. Like that's important. Yes. But more important is being that figurehead, being a politician. He said it alone. Charlie Baker, the governor of Massachusetts is becoming the NCAA president. And to him, that's probably elevation, definitely elevation in salary. His salary is going to go up like from uh, hundreds of thousands to millions, millions and millions to be the NCAA president. That's why they got the governor of massachusetts so we're talking power right just power in general just being a freaking governor so that's the trend that we're going i don't think you of course uh doesn't have to hire linda lingle or freaking ben Caetano to be governor or to be a a threat director even though the way that ben Caetano posts on facebook you would think that he's trying to be a threat director i'm kidding but he does have a lot of sports opinions as well which is kind of funny um (laughs) But you you know these guys sort of opinions. No, definitely not Ben kaitano Holy cow! The guy will still go after people on Facebook. Like (laughs) former governor. I mean, he did to me actually. By people, I mean myself. So we've had a toss in the in the past because, anyways, it doesn't matter.
1: He's he's (laughs) a lot more grumpy now. He's a grumpy old man. Oh, he is a
0: grumpy old man. So grumpy, like, gosh, I'm glad he wasn't this grumpy when he was governor. He would have been a real downer.
1: But wait, like talking about this job, this is probably the most challenging job in the nation. This is. The degree of difficulty on being the athletic director at UH is, is really huge. I mean, you have, we're thousands of miles away from our nearest, you know, uh, neighbor, neighboring institutions and you have all, the, the local climate, the way we do things is very different from the mainland. So it takes like a special person that's going to have to like embrace local culture and understand like how we do things here. And and that's not an easy task. I mean you just yeah, you know, you go ask Benji. He he talked about it in the, the article last Yeah, he
0: did. That's right. Yeah. So and, and that's Benji is a great is a great is a great example because Benji had qualifications. Yes. Benji had everything on paper. Minority. Benji, <laughs> Benji is a minority. Benji is, <laughs> looks like people in Hawaii. Looks like, yes. But he's not. He's not. <laughs> And Ben Jay is not a dominant power figurehead. He isn't. He's not someone that's gonna intimidate a room. And people think it's it's funny. That's what's that's this is how power conferences. How, this is how conferences work in general. This is how the power works in a conference. The guys mm-hmm. and and girls, the w- men and women. So let me. <laughs> the men and women who are. Athletic directors, when they step into that room with the 12, 10, 14 other ADs and senior women administrators at each school, the ones with the loudest bark get what they want most of the time. It's just the way it is. And even if they don't have a loud bark and they have uh, have something behind it, even more. The ones that
1: bring the most money to the table, too. Go go ask Boise.
0: Well, the thing is... Yes, but at the end of the day, the conference shares a lot of resources. But for instance, <laughs> let me give you some insight into the politics in in the conference and in, in, in the Pac conference, for example, which include at one time four Hawaii schools. So when I when I joined the Pac West, there were seven schools in the Pac West. When I left, there were fourteen, or still right now we have twelve, I guess. Um, but at that time, there was so much there was such a scare of Hawaii taking over. Like those Hawaii schools will band together. Like that's never something in Hawaii. They're scared about the mainland schools running away. And that's the thing is Hawaii will always have that target. Like you said, it is a, it is tough because Hawaii will always have that scare of traveling is so expensive, which it's not. I just booked a round trip flight from Hawaii to LA last minute. It's three nice it's 2023 so as flights to hawaii are not that expensive i have a friend who just went to think to north carolina and he said it was 1200 dollars from la he had to go last minute as well but um you know it's like hawaii really isn't that expensive that's a really a myth and now with all the all the flights i mean um it's really it, it, you can actually it could be cheaper potentially than flying but hawaii is paying subsidies so yes, AD mm-hmm. has to deal with the subsidies that we're we're having to pay to other schools to come in about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes, right for the West Coast schools, the Mountain schools get two hundred thousand, I believe, I, which is crazy. First of all, that's such a uh, that number is so arbitrary. First of all, it's like oh, let's put this into a contract and uh, make them sign it so they can join the conference. No. It, it, like that's those things need to be reviewed every year. Like that's ridiculous because I bet if you did, you took a diagnostic approach at how much money is lost by having Hawaii in the conference. That's what they're saying. You're making us lose money because you're in the conference. Really? Yeah. I don't think so at all. I think I would definitely challenge that argument. Um, and maybe they could come up with, oh, the extra travel to Hawaii. I mean, it's not that close, obviously. But at the same time, air travel is not, is. it's actually more expensive to travel to some of these smaller airports on the mainland than it is to travel from one major airport to Honolulu Airport, which is a major international airport. Um, but yes, those are some of the challenges you talk about. But at the same time, what Stephen Tsai says is, and this is a quote straight from his article, which was in today's paper, I believe. Mm-hmm. Titled, the, the article is titled, UH needs to expand 80 search group if it hopes to be great. So it's all about expanding the... He talks about the committee a lot, but he definitely talks about the AD job itself all the, the time.
1: A- application pool, <clears throat> yeah. right?
0: So he yeah. says straight up, when it comes to choosing the next athletic director, UH produces a screening system that appears to favor in-house candidates. And he okay. talks about eliminates Bill Gates. He goes with hyperbole, like all Jerry West, Mark Cuban, yes. Barack Obama, even Charlie Baker wouldn't qualify. Who is that? The guy we just, you and I, just talked about. The Mm -hmm. former governor of Massachusetts turned NCAA president. So that is, you know, what Cy is trying to say is like, even though UH really could benefit from going outside the box and he's gone through all of his articles, he's mentioned names that would not fit the mold necessarily, but could fit a lot of what UH needs. Like you talked about knowing culture, understanding how to fundraise in Hawaii and be that, that, that face be that voice
1: uh, take, take what uh deon sanders is doing exactly How, yes yes you know just kind of just doing the stuff on twitter and having his kid you know put just just put stuff out like that stuff goes a long way and that's
0: such a long way
1: make makes an end ways with you know the recruits and the better recruits you have the better your program is going to be so yeah in this day and age of NIL and all the changes, it it is yeah, it is tough. This is a tough job. So, but yeah, I think that yeah, what Sai is saying, he's kind of. I feel like he's putting pillows down. To, uh, for the what's eventually going to come is disappointment. Uh, I mean, that's what I take away from the and We're gonna
0: fall flat and on I, our face or on
1: our back, and we're just gonna. <laughs> We're just gonna hire, like, you know, somebody within the department that's very whole hum Yeah. Like, don't get yeah. it twisted. This is a huge opportunity yeah. for UH to make a big splash, to make a big hire, to turn the tide on this deficit. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, even myself, I've been saying this for months on this podcast that I'm bracing myself to be disappointed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think so, it would be disappointing if if someone within the department right now, any of them were to be elevated to AD, it would be a massive disappointment. Like it's mm-hmm. not even, it's not, it's not nobody. None of them could get people excited. Not None of them would change uh, the rhythm of, of local politics mingled with UH football. It wouldn't, it wouldn't accelerate it wouldn't, at all. It wouldn't
1: shake things up
0: or exactly, It wouldn't, things differently. Nothing would, would be, be done differently. Same. It'll be exactly yep. the same. Yes, And, that is the scary part because, yeah, like we said, because of him retiring retroactive. I mean, six months later, when he could, you know, go today, he has nothing holding him back. That's showing that he's trying to groom somebody within the department right now to transition them into becoming the AD. And it would be, and it looks like with uh, now that the application is is open, the window is open. We haven't really heard any names of people out that have actually put in their application. I mean, I, I don't think we've had anybody confirmed. But anyways. Yeah, it,
1: it's it's not like the football, like where you hear, oh, this guy applied and yeah. this guy applied. It's yeah. it's very it's we haven't heard much of anything. I
0: would say some so. dark horse candidates, maybe some of our Pac West ADs. Um, you know, I think like they would be low lower profile so we have three schools in hawaii UHE, hilo chaminade and hpu um mm. and all ADs, i'm close with all of them you know i work I've been working the back west and i'll be at the basketball tournament with them next week and i'll probably uh get some more clues from them and what the what, mm. what the, what's going on who's applying i'm sure they know some names of people applying i encourage my friend nena um who is really one of the great was because um, she's kind of out of cal- collegiate athletics now. And for good reason, she said, because just being more stressful and D one would be getting more stressful, but she would be a perfect candidate, Uh young uh, Nigerian, former basketball player. Um, p- one of the top D- division three faces um, in athletics, someone who has respect at the NCAA level. Like these are the candidates. I, I know who the candidates are people in Hawaii. Most of you guys don't know because you're not in. They're not in. They're not in the process. More people are not a part of that athletics community. The people on inside UH athletics, they know, and they absolutely are propping themselves all up to be the next AD because they know the game as well. Right. That's why Stephen Tsai is saying like, there's this game that they all play, um, but we can't keep playing the game. And for me, why I am been part time is because I don't like playing this game as well because. so you didn't apply i mean i I didn't apply to this job i think i could be that to be quite honest i have with my athletics references with the people i know with my ideas for where i want to see our program go i know that i have you know at least the vision which i think is important however i also know what what steven sai is saying is important is having that name Mm -hmm. that's going to generate funds right off the bat i mean it really it was, has to be yeah. about funds and fundraising and and making change right away like you need to be able to i hate I, to me i think my goal would be very bernie sanders-ish um and making it about bringing people back bringing individuals back one by one and encouraging them to come to games encouraging to spend, spend a small amount of money uh really doesn't want that i mean i've been
1: socialism (laughs) yes i want socialism
0: ironically this team is a product of socialism because we're all paying for this team that's the funny part um but the thing is uh and a a lot of athletics in general are not their goal is to find um you know big money donors and uh hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to do it either really hasn't been they've had a few and um You know, we've had a lot of the same names, the same corporations at home. You know, we, we, we need to diversify. We need to go outside the bounds of what we know. And to me, I would be opening up our games to the community more and find ways that I could bridge, you know, and and that's something that a lot of pro teams do too. you. Pro teams work with the ASPCA, they work with, um, LGBT organizations. They work Mm -hmm. with people of color organizations. They work with Filipino Workers Associates. Like, they work with everybody across the board. Like, the Dodgers. Especially, like, teams like the Dodgers who are very diverse. You know? Where it's like, every game is going to have a special night dedicated to somebody. I mean, every night. There's always... Always something. And that and that's not necessarily just because the Dodgers are so proud to be associated with them, right? They're also looking for additional fan base. They're looking to expand their fan base. And it's smart when they have Nurses Night. Uh where did we just go when they had the Nurses Night? What game? I forgot where we were at. And um oh, we were in Chicago, me and Fuchsia, the White Sox mm-hmm. game. And it was the Nurses Night at the White Sox. Shout game.
1: out to Fuchsia,
0: of course. Oh yeah, of course, shout out. <laughs> she just got her shout out but um they had a really cool white socks hat with a nurses like um like a nurse thing Mm -hmm. like i don't know if it was a stethoscope it was something like nurse related that went around so it was like cool it was like i'm proud to be a nurse and i'm proud to be a white socks fan you know it was like that intersectionality uh, was really cool and i think that that's a very good strategy for teams obviously you know it's a pro team this is different but in hawaii we could have skills trainers night. How many skills trainers do we have in Hoy? I'm asking you this because you're that's your field, right? You would know right. or at least before. But I'm saying like those kind of things um, are not hard to do when you're just, when, especially if you if your goal is to bring in more fans. But when the goal isn't to gen, necessarily generate fans, it's just to generate funding whether it's just from bigger corporations and the hope is just to get that home run check. That's the kind of strategy that to me is not that it, it isn't sustainable. And that's the strategy we're obviously going with today because the yes. program is is going down. It's, it's not, yes. it's not at all going up. There's it's, I mean, if people think that the program, Very I mean, much definitely the right. email us, definitely PM us <laughs> because yeah, if you think that we're somehow now, you know, g- glowing up or something, we're not, we're going the opposite. Opposite direction. Had the stadium been in a better position, I would my even with the way that our athletic department is is right now. If the stadium just happened to be on track or was going to open, you know, next year or something, I'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. we have a fighter's chance. Maybe we can, you know, combine the excitement of the new statement uh, of the new stadium with you know a new start for UH, especially with a new AD. But I don't see that happening. I mean, the last time that we had an opportunity to really make a splash by hiring somebody was the coaching job. Right. While we said we we are behind Timmy's hire, it's not the splash. Timmy did not make a a big splash. He made a splash because he's Timmy Chang. He is a legend. He is a name that is a legend, obviously. Just saying the name Timmy Chang is going to evoke memories. But he's a guy that was thrown in to try and get that home run ball again oh, well, we just need to do this right away. And while, while we want Timmy to be a part of that transition to UH, it's we, all we do is make it harder for him because we threw him into a situation that was, is, would be tough for any coach, period. And that's why right now... Haven't you ever just wanted to experience SoFi Stadium, the building, the atmosphere, the electricity, but just didn't want to deal with the parking and all the planning that went along with it? Well, that's why Hawaii Sports Fans is here. We got the best tickets, the best seats for you. Plus, we got your transportation, we got your parking, we got all the little pilikia that you don't want to worry about. Let us deal with all that humbug because that's the difference at Hawaii Sports Fans from any other company is that we're gonna get you that fan experience that you really can't get anywhere else. It's gonna be a private experience. It's gonna be a lot of VIP amenities, of course, wherever we go, because you are the VIP when you come with Hawaii Sports Fans. Uh, But we just want you to make a memory and have fun. And that's the most important thing. You're going to put that money down. We want you to have fun and have something to look back on and reflect on for the rest of your life. So check us out, hisportsfans.com, hisportsfans.com. Or check us out on social media, at hisportsfans on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Hawaii Sports Fans. Come find us, come connect with us, and come join us on the road. Because there's really, really nothing like it. We've been doing it for 10 years now. It just keeps getting better. What Sai is saying is, okay, we're gonna throw a home run. <laughs> if we're gonna go for the home run. It cannot be somebody yes. that's working right now for the school. Period. Right. It has to be somebody that is not only going to fulfill whatever minimum requirements they have, because the school is very, you know, by the book, and 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 that's all. <laughs> and that holds them back a lot too. I get it. Bureaucracy. I get it. I get. I get that it holds them a lot back. But if they have that fear every time they want to post something on Facebook, if it's going to um, offend somebody in the Board of Regents and that's ridiculous, like stop you're not even trying and that's been during the pandemic, during the Black Lives Matter movement, during any movement the school is always the last in the conference in the conference and I'm comparing yes. it to the conference because mm-hmm. that's where we compare ourselves that's our peers as a conference and mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially in the Mountain West we are by far the least socially active uh, team on, on any platform or just in 100%
1: terms of- you know,
0: in terms of being a, a vocal, visual, visceral part of the community that actually is there to change minds and to entertain people, but also be a part of the culture. It's not like that anymore. It might have been like that before, but like before social media, maybe before social media, they had to work harder to try and connect with people. And that hasn't happened anymore. And that's, you know, something that I think is a big deal. Plus also not having our stadium. So I guess anything else you wanted to talk about with the search?
1: I, I'm just saying this is, it's a huge opportunity. And I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping against hope that we're going to knock it out of the park.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping I, too. I'm hoping too that somebody will apply like my friend, Nena, like people who are young, people who are dynamic people, yeah. even though they don't have to be somebody, like super young. I'm not saying you have to be a child, but I'm saying like, Somebody with the energy to be on the morning news, to be on the morning radio shows, to be on the nightly news and the nightly radio shows, to be a face, to be Mm -hmm. that annoying where you're all over the place and asking people to donate and asking people to come to games and asking people to help to buy in as a stakeholder again.
1: When you see them at the game, it's like, whoa, look, it's, you know, so-and-so, you know, like someone with gravitas, you know, not like, oh, there's there's the ad i wish we had a better one you know
0: (laughs) and the thing is like you know dave matlin was one of those guys that came in through the ranks ticketing and
1: he came all the way up
0: you know and so that's a guy that to a lot of people within athletics you know it's respectful because he played the game and he did what it needed to take for him to get to that spot that's not what I would do. That's not what, but that's what a lot of people would do. So I can't judge Dave Mallin, but at the same time, it's not, it's as a fan, as a fan and not as an athletic administrator or somebody who is in the know, just as a fan from watching and supporting and paying for tickets. I want to see dynamic progress and going yeah. up. I want to see new ideas. I want to see creativity. I want to see somebody that's going to be able, even like Rockney Freitas. Had Rockney Freitas been that. AD mm-hmm. that's a guy mm-hmm. with gravitas. I mean first of all he was a giant um, yeah. and he was Hawaiian so somebody a native Hawaiian that a lot of people in Hawaii could look up to but he had a super low voice and he was super scary at times and that's a guy that <laughs> kind of a presence right, right. Um, you know but and he played in the NFL you know what I mean I, I'm sure his name would be up there if he was still alive and okay and mm-hmm. it was a little bit younger obviously he's but that is, that is what we need. I think in Hawaii, um, you know, I, 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 I mean, if June wanted to do the job, he would be a good person to have it. He obviously would need a big support staff because he. There's no way. Um, There's
1: no way they don't want him to be the head coach of the football team. There's no way they would want him to yeah. be the athletic director. Well, that's I mean, just, we, know that's that, my
0: opinion. we know that no, but we know that Madeline, um, it's personal between him. I mean, if people haven't read the handwriting, on the wall after the hiring process. Madeline is not a fan of June Jones in any way. I mean, and that was made known to all of us, which is crazy, right? I mean, just all the stipulations he put on a legendary coach. And yeah. I, so I agree with that, but I'm saying like what Steven Sy is asking for is I not too many people in Hawaii currently, or really would fit the mode. I think Keith Amamiya would be a good start. Just because of his Hawaii, because if he even if he like HHSAA ified UH athletics by, you know, bringing in all these stakeholders from across the island, which well. I think you need to do. I think it would mm-hmm. be for them. They're too impatient with that kind of thing. Which would be like if you know they would they would they, they want to see, you know, somebody come in. I mean, and I'm I'm saying they would be more patient with somebody that they bring in house because. Um, you know, at least they would say like, well, this person plays the game, played it from the beginning and we can trust them, quote unquote. And that's the thing, right? They can't trust them. They won't hire them.
1: Well, he organized the save our sports for the, uh, Hawaii high school athletic association. And, you know, he's used to kind of doing things on a shoestring bu- budget and being kind of innovative and in, yeah. And how he runs things and on a shoestring budget. So that's true. I, I, I think, I think he, I think he'd be a good candidate.
0: I, yeah i think he'd be a good candidate i think i think blangiardi would be a stronger candidate mm-hmm. uh, fortunately he's kind of busy a, right now he's, he's kind of yeah. <laughs> busy um but i think uh also with our tv deal it'll be way different if blangiardi was the ad um just yeah. him having been on the opposite side of the tv side so i don't know hopefully some names will emerge as people who um would be good candidates But come on,
1: UH, hire someone good. You know, the thing is,
0: it's probably gonna have to be somebody, you know, from the mainland too, at the same time. Somebody that knows Hawaii, but somebody that to be able to fit the mold is gonna be somebody that's gonna have to have played the game, athletics game, and is, you know, but it's so hard. It's so hard. I don't know. I I, I would just love to hear who applied to the job. I mean, I, I think if it's the same name of people, like just the people within the department, I think only Lois Mannon is um, the one that we know for sure. She said, um, but I would not like to see her as AD. That would be, that would be. Well, a,
1: it's, it's just hard if someone coming in from the mainland, you know, like you don't really have a couple years to settle in. Like yeah. Stan Sheriff did. You yeah. just, yeah. where this program is at financially and just, you know, with everything that's going on, they need to hit the ground running.
0: Oh, and that's why that's, they think they're transitioning right now. That's Madeline's yeah. plan, right? Is right. we need this next person hit the ground running. So I'm going to, you know, assume it's going to be one of these people that are already on my staff first of all, and then I'm going to, um, you know, put all the chips on their side of the table so that they are ready to play once the game, you know, once it's their name. But at the same time, we haven't seen any acceleration, any Mm -hmm. momentum, any physics term that I can use in the direction of progress at our school. That's the thing. I mean, even now with all the awards they're giving to each other and themselves,
1: Themselves.
0: (laughs) we haven't seen any like, what is it? what are the fans supposed to be excited about? You know, and I think like, even with Timmy, like, they really push so much on Timmy. Like, see, you got Timmy, you got Timmy on Timmy. Like, Timmy is in a hard spot it's it's not an easy spot yes he's doing the best he can but still only won you know three games last year and really only two because one game was against a division one fcs team Mm -hmm. um and even with all the transitions yes we should we even the two of us we agree that you know it's a noble job to be able to get three wins right now but the school is really uh not realizing they're trying to they're trying to They're trying to um, block out all the noise that really is the important noise. Like, where is our program going? What direction are we headed in? That's what we're more worried about because Mm -hmm. our stadium still has all these question marks around it. Still. We're not even talking about building. We still have the old one up. And we're going to talk about that right now. Um, But yes, that's what we're talking about is the fact that we don't have direction. If we had maybe the stadium already built or it was already on path. Like it was supposed to have been by this time or.
1: Right. Know, we we were, we were supposed to open around the time that San Diego state. Yes. Open their new state, their Snapdragon stadium. And like, look, look where they are now.
0: You're know, already. Yeah.
1: And the rumor is they're going to get a Pac-12 invite.
0: Yeah, that's kind of any, been the open rumor and that's that's going to happen. It is going to happen. I think they're just trying to find out who to right. match with them, but
1: with the well SMU and the yeah, it's based on yeah, the media yeah, contract yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. getting them to agree to stipulations for deferred payment upon them entering. So Well,
0: I mean that's what we said. Like if you got to take deferred payment Clauses to join the Pac-12. I would do it. Okay, exactly. <laughs> we did that to join the Big West. To join yes. the Big West conference, we took travel subs. <laughs> so yes, that's the hard part of being from UH is that you are subjected to all kinds of crazier things. Um, but at the end of the day, I you know there are Division One schools like Belmont and you know UC <laughs> and Cal State Bakersfield. You know it's like why is it a tougher job i don't know maybe because it's the standards are lower at cal state bakersfield maybe than they are for the university of hawaii but as i'm saying there are a lot of tough division one jobs i still think this is attractive one. it's hawaii this is hawaii first of all let's start with
1: the fact that we are hawaii only game in town
0: not only we're the only game in town we are hawaii we're the we are the best place in the world on the planet of earth that's where people want to be is hawaii one of the best That, that has cachet This is not even a joke. This is like, I've been to 25 countries in the world and everyone literally had to explain Hawaii to a single human being. (laughs) Like, think about that. I went to the Dominican Republic and they were like, holy cow, Hawaii is even nicer than this. These people have never left that Mm -hmm. island that I went in the DR and they know everything about Hawaii. Because everyone knows about Hawaii. Because we are Hawaii. That's who we are. It's not a secret. This is literally not a secret in the world. People know who we are. So that's also a nice part, being you know, uh, having a job on this island, and also being a part of it is that you get to be a part of Hawaii. But at the end of the day, like you said, we are not only the only game in town, but we are a publicly subsidized program that really is never held accountable. So how hard is it when you're not even held accountable? Your fans (laughs) are not. Let's be honest. Our the fans are not. On them, the fans never get on them. When's the last time fans got on any uh person besides Dan? Oh, uh, after
1: they're gone, that's when they get on. Oh them. yes,
0: exactly, exactly. That's exactly. a very
1: Hawaii thing to do. Very like, criticize very. after the fact.
0: Well, the people let's give let's give credit to the people that are very active, even though I don't like to point out comment sections, but definitely, oh. people have been not shy. Let's say uh fans about uh you know the new uh ad job opening up and the old one leaving so i think the animosity or the stress or whatever you want to say has been on the fans for so long that they're waiting for a, a fresh start and they expect one so having a new stadium would help anybody doesn't matter who the ad is having a new stadium would help and i'm um, saying goodbye to the old one is sad because i think even having our old stadium would help too honestly if we just kept the little stadium but i guess we have to say goodbye to it so february 25th 10 a.m to 9 p.m you can if you go early from 10 to 11 30 you get in for free then it's seven dollars from noon to four um mm-hmm. and then uh ten dollars from five to nine or twenty dollar vip access maybe i will you know right. shovel out for that twenty dollar vip yeah access. there's
1: like a con there'd be like a concert and stuff like that yeah, like exclusive
0: night. areas, air-conditioned tent, collectible coin, even a collectible coin. So for the full you get experience, like
1: a photo. Yeah, you get like a photo.
0: Yeah, you get to take photos. Um, so it'll be really cool. I mean, it's really. I, um, I'm
1: excited. I, you know, I've gone to so many events at that place, and I have never been underneath. I have never been in the locker room. Wow! I've been, never. I've I've never I've never been like in the you know in the, underneath. I've I've been on the field lots of times, but I'm excited and I'm, I'm so glad that we get to kind of say goodbye. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's important. Nobody says goodbye better than people from Hawaii. Definitely. And this is a big thing.
0: <sighs>
1: well, you know, these
0: are memories. These are life experiences with family. I mean, when we talk about being at the stadium, I mean, doing the dare pledge in fifth grade with (laughs) all the other Milani Uka students. I mean, that was a part of a law stadium experience. Um, Watching, you know, football from obviously UH, but even down to like Pop Warner kids that would play on, you know, that that don't do their... It was a big deal. It's a big community. And that's the thing. UH football was like that too, a part of the community. And the law stadium clearly is a part of the community because it, it, it's used in so many diverse ways it, it is it is the center and focal point of the island for so many events um and that's what makes it even more tragic and sad is that it really nothing there's no facility in the world that looks like it it, it was it's internationally recognizable
1: yeah. it's really
0: one of a kind and i i don't think people realize i i really hope in my opinion i do We you need a new stadium but i would try to maintain as much as we can of this current structure you know if it's impossible and you have to scrap it all i'm not an engineer i don't i don't know um but at the same time i feel like man if even if it costs all this to keep repairing i would rather than modernize take out seats like do whatever it takes to modernize the current structure rather than we're gonna not only demolish this whole place they're not even planning on using the same footprint. They're planning on digging yeah. another puka next right. to it, building another stadium. Right. So, right like, i think, the the think about all of yeah. everything that's going to go into that. Just and that's why, if Governor Ige had a better plan when he stopped, because you know I was shocked too when he when he stopped this um, P3 plan that we're now going to go forward with under Josh Green again, but probably add in affordable housing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ige had no plan. Like so many leaders in Hawaii, they have no plan. They literally just have no plan. They they just want power. They, they rather have their airtime on television. Um, and they rather just have uh, their legacy and their government retirement than actually having a vision. And that's what bothered me more about the Ige stopping it, is he had nothing. He had zero. And that's so pathetic. It's like, if you're, you're going to stop this plan and you want to be like, oh, I'm saving the government.
1: Well, he basically stopped the clock on the
0: the. Oh yeah, exactly. All he did was stop the
1: he, clock. He so instead the of clock, coming, and now it's yes. three four years later. Instead of two thousand twenty, this year it's yeah. we're looking at twenty twenty seven if we're lucky.
0: So that's that's all that, you know class. that that's all in all of them because they're so slow. I mean, but to be honest, this this project from the beginning, I don't think it had universal. Support, anyways, like, yeah, yeah. Well, and what I think does? that's why I,
1: what has universal support?
0: <clears throat> true. And I agreed, but this they had the thing about all the salaries they've already forked out, yeah, millions and millions and millions.
1: Yeah, they've done the environmental impact exactly, all the environmental the statements. They haven't even picked a, they have a, committee. a
0: developer, John McNamara yeah. is on that committee. They have a commit, they have people that work for this non-existent place that exists, but this, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I don't know where they have, where they meet, but they actually have, I'm sure he gets paid pretty well. He was a former AD. And like I said, if he's moving on out of athletics, it's usually more of a, like even my friend, Nana. it's more money and less stress. And yes, you know, I think that's what working um, for this project. NACED is for a lot of these people, but they've been working without, really having a clear goal as to when everything's going to be done for so many years. But with that being said, makes uh, am excited to go to law stadium because um, it'll be our last chance to say goodbye. Obviously our last game beating BYU uh, at the 2019 Hawaii bowl. I mean, it was, I think a fitting way to um, close out our time. It's crazy that Rolo was the coach then. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause that's how long ago really it's been since, we were there two coaches uh, ago. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you say you've never been in the. I got to go in the locker room on that in that last game because Yusha's nice. mom um, had bought these uh, on-field whatever passes, and then they're like, "Hey, you get to meet a coach." And the guy came up to us, and we were like, "Who are you?" And we we're like, mm-hmm. "We've never seen him." We we're like, and then came Rolo, and we we're like, "Rolo's like, hey, there they are," and like said, "Why well, wait?" I'm like, "Yeah, you're not gonna." we don't know who you are. Like we just talked to the head coach. <laughs> we don't know who these random VIP experience with this random, like yeah. assistant special teams. Like it was a guy I was like, who are you? Like, I've never seen you before even on the sideline. Um, but you know, it, it has so many memories for all of us. I know Sean, you talked about going to BYU games, those upsets and just talk yeah. about like some of the feelings, like the, the your senses, the bit you, what so you see I, I,
1: I honestly feel like that's like my second home. Like yes. our family had season tickets for thirty-eight years. So wow, you know, I I I don't know how many events I went to at Aloha Stadium. My grandma, that was like her most favorite place on earth. She would go to the swap meet and take two hours to go down one aisle it would drive us crazy, but that was like her favorite place. <laughs> yeah. The, all the concerts that I went to, like Bruno Mars, U two, you know, I went to monster truck things there and motocross, mm-hmm. just the great Aloha run. Yep. So many different things that I went to and it just, it holds such, it's such an important part of like who I am and like what I did and so many memories. It, it's yeah, so to say goodbye to it is, is, I'm glad we get this opportunity because I didn't think we were. So, I mean, this is big. So if you can come, like, come, say goodbye. Like, let's let's send her out right this Saturday. Let's do it.
0: One day you'll be telling your friends stories of going to games and then one day you'll tell your friends about the day that they had their last event. It's kind of like Castle Park and all these other um you know I did that I went to Park and then
1: went to a UH game. Really? That's how old I am. <laughs> old I am. <laughs> that sounds my like mom, a fun day. Let's be honest. My mom dropped what me in, off at Castle Park in the morning time. We went to Castle Park and then we went to a UH game. Like wow. that's how old I am. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. That's cool.
0: <laughs> that's honestly really cool. That's cool.
1: The Pro Bowl, like, how can you not yeah. talk about yeah. Aloha Stadium without yeah. the Pro Bowl? Obviously, the yeah. Ohana days, like, yeah. yeah. And we took care of that game for you know what, thirty-eight years. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, like, it's it's such a monstrous structure. Like, I drive past it and I get sad, and I just, mm-hmm. I just always think there's gonna be a day when I drive past and this thing is not gonna be here, and yep. like, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do when that happens because it's. It's such a part of you know Halava and that area, when you you know you have to pass it if yeah. you live on this island. You you pass it. It's so centrally located, mm-hmm. and like you know, big ups to whoever was the guy who said, "Yeah, let's put this big steel structure right next to the, the water, and it'll rust itself into the place." <laughs> like that's what a what a sell job, huh? Uh...
0: I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to have longevity or at least be able to improve upon it. I mean, I, I go to Arrowhead, obviously I'm a C- yeah. Kansas City Chiefs season ticket holder. Arrowhead Stadium was built around the same time. A little bit before it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I
1: think it was built the same year as the um New Orleans. The was it, it Mercedes-Benz? Or did they oh, get uh, Superdome? Superdome, yeah. I think it was built the yeah.
0: same year. So they broke ground in 1968. Um, so yeah, kind of close to when Hawaii broke ground, what, in 72 when they finished in 75? Mm-hmm. So
1: 75,
0: yeah. So it's about that same era. And oh, Arrowhead is is old. It definitely gives like older vibes off. I mean, it's a very cool stadium in that so many amazing, you know, memories for Chiefs fans have happened there, obviously, and more even recently with Mahomes, but uh it's a fan base that is still gullible and naive if they think that they can keep Arrowhead forever? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just the trend. Yeah, you know, the trend is moving to modern. Water- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, like, so I mean, that's why with Aloha Stadium, I don't. I'm not as hard on Aloha Stadium. I they could have added more bells and whistles. How hard it was not to take out some, some seats and add. You know, like you could take out. You could remove areas. Uh, that's the that the thing was weird at Aloha Stadium where it's like. They really had a lot of room. I mean, really, the, the whole brown area, yeah. the whole Lodge area could have turned into suites. Like, that That right. easily could have done. I mean, so I, it's hard. It, you, Aloha Stadium, I think, for for probably does need to be fully, you know, changed, um, maybe completely even. But with the current footprint, it would be nice to grow on that footprint and keep a lot of those elements that we've had from the last stadium. You know, just because it's like the new um, Mile High Stadium, right? At Denver or mm-hmm. the new... invesco invesco right? So it's like, yeah. it's the newer versions of these older stadiums, right? Yankee Stadium was built but, next but to Yankee I just, Stadium. I so, want
1: it yeah. to be like Aloha Stadium where it's unique. You see it and you know, oh, yeah. that's Aloha Stadium. That's Hawaii. Not just, you know, like a cookie cutter,
0: like... I totally agree. Like Completely soccer agree.
1: field, yes. you know, glorified soccer field.
0: All I, the renderings look like... Something I've seen before. All yeah. of them.
1: Something, something unique and reflective.
0: That, that probably is one of the most tragic parts, is that this structure is so unique.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not There's only like in, in Hawaii, but in the world. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the world. And that's the thing that is most tragic to me, is that we have to say goodbye to something that won't exist anymore. It just literally won't exist. It'll just be something we talk about, like one stadium, like something that we just have to imagine when we drive by. And the thing is like a new, Aloha stadium will go up, but, um, you know, and because it's not going to be on this, the original footprint, everything is going to be gone like from the old stadium. Like that's why I was like, they have to at least keep the puka and keep that, this, the statue in the front. Like, I feel like mm. some of those things need to be kept. Like, how is it? Aloha stadium anymore. Like how yeah. it's not if you, so that's what kind of to me is well haven't
1: they haven't they modified things they said they, they are gonna keep like the swap meet they are gonna keep the circle with the parking, I I think they they did say that didn't they, they
0: did I mean when you look at the renderings they have circles and they have I mean they can still have the swap meet and stuff but I think. Um, because the facility looks so vastly different. I mean, like, it does. It's like, what stadium has gone undergone a change where the whole stadium looks completely different? Not only is it shrunken to half the size, but, you know, it doesn't even look. It looks like a soccer stadium. It really does. It looks like a soccer stadium in the renderings, all the renderings. Chicago
1: Bears modernized the yeah, stadium I mean, and then so they out.
0: Exactly. So we're talking about Soldier Field. It was unique um, and that it looks like it a was. spaceship. It was unique, but they did keep some of the elements, right? They kept the columns or whatever. Yeah. So they tried to stay true. Um, but look at the Coliseum. Look at the Coliseum. Yeah. I mean, the Coliseum has been around for over 100 Ever. years yeah. and USC still plays in it. Yeah. And the thing is, they replaced all the seats about four or five years ago, which was good. Um, and then they added a, kind of a loge area on the home sideline. Um, So it goes in and then they have a bunch of, you know, they just did a major renovation, but you know, that's to me, even though I'm not a fan of the Coliseum, even though I think they need to widen the concourses would be better. um, I'm glad it's nice to see a historic venue just being modern. Taking care of. (laughs) Taking care of. Yeah. Rather than just like, let's throw the whole thing away. I mean, and the thing, like I said, I don't know what a stadium, what kind of disrepair it's in right now that it, has to be totally jettisoned, but I, it makes me what, sad because all the memories that have been tied into that place will go with it too. You know,
1: what are some of your memories that you're taking away?
0: Definitely, you know, bouncing on my grandparents' knees. Those are my earliest memories and ripping, mm-hmm. um, tearing uh, newspaper. And every time we got there, just finding newspaper that I could tear up, or I would bring newspaper from my grandparents' house because they saved all the yeah. newspapers. They always saved newspapers. So, I would take a stack of newspapers. As soon as we got to the stadium, I would just like rip like shred, yep. and then tear <laughs> it. Like, when we would score and, and I would throw it and be so small, I would never go very far. I would just like go all over yeah. the person in front of me and they would always be so upset because it'd be <laughs> the same person. But um, you know, like that that is the thing, being with your family. And then when me and Brad started going together, so shout out Brad has to get a shout out as well, you know. Um mm-hmm. me and my other friend Nick, my other friend Matt. There are a lot of my friends in fifth sixth grade when we started getting independent enough for our our parents would let us go when i was like third fourth fifth grade i would go with my cousins who are were older than me we would get dropped off at mcdonald's and then Mm -hmm. finally then then when they stopped coming then me and brad and then we would stand we'd get dropped off that same mcdonald's by the old (laughs) castle park that would be probably a lot safer if castle park was there instead of Mm -hmm. the mcdonald's where people people would always bully brad for money it was be and i'd like run away too i was like i am not (laughs) about to i am not about to fight any of these halava kids it's like brad oh gosh oh yeah (laughs) halava housing
1: that that stuff's legit man (laughs) but
0: i know my uncle would go um sometimes he would draw me off before the game then he would go to this bar in pearl city that had um a satellite dish that could get the game live so they wouldn't have to watch it on delay they would watch it there and then he'd come back and pick me up afterward if he remembered Uh, (laughs) but um or you know my mom or somebody pick pick us up and um yeah and then brad and i we would sneak on the field we started asking people for because me and brad Mm. would be in the north end zone row one uh section r usually which is um you know, in the North End zone. And we would, Brad would stand the whole time, which I would always laugh at him for doing it. And now I do that. Now I stand mm-hmm. the entire game. And now you stand a lot during the game, but Brad mm-hmm. would always do it. And I always make fun of him. And it's funny that I do that now. But um, we would start asking like the, the personnel from the opposing team, like, oh, can we have your pass? Oh, can <laughs> we, I it was just like a card basically, right? With a rubber band mm-hmm. that they would put on. It wasn't like a high tech mm-hmm. thing, like with a lanyard. Yeah. So they give with it, a hologram.
1: Yeah. With a hologram. <laughs> so
0: me and Brad, we would get the pass and we would either jump in the field and just be like showing people our pass. or yeah. I can't believe that we would get away with it too. We were literally like 10, 11 years old. And then I remember I'm still clear as day where I was like, oh my gosh, let's go down that giant elevator. So that industrial elevator <laughs> on the north, on the south end zone, we would run to the south end zone, go down the elevator, show the elevator man our pass. And it's so obvious, like two kids <laughs> are U8 gear. And we're like showing them like, yes, no, we're with Elkhorn State. We swear. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember going down and um, we went to the locker room and they had, um, what was that? Blimpies, because Blimpies was a sponsor. Right. And then Brad took Fred Von uppen's Blimpy thing because it was biased. thing. <laughs> and then like, I remember like, you ate somebody's
1: dinner? Um, I think Brad, Brad
0: ate Fred Von Oppen's post-game blimpy, oh, I'm gosh. pretty sure. But there were so many. There was a lot of blimpy everywhere, so I'm sure you got mm-hmm. another one. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: um God, that was hilarious. So that was the first time that I think I went into the locker room. Actually, we were walking down the steps. I remember somebody, I remember Gaylord was walking down, and somebody was making one of the players was like making fun of him. It was oh, and then no. he saw us. He saw us, and then he like was like, Oh, what's up, kids? Like i was like wow being mean to gaylord wow Mm,
1: that's not cool
0: i know it wasn't cool but you know i'm sure he had to deal with a lot you know it's like in the back like that was crazy but eddie klineski was back there i remember like he was changing in the locker room we're just like holy cow like we're just like in the locker room like it was Mm -hmm. crazy but um yeah that's some of my memories and then brad and i jumped on the field 99 when we uh won the worst of first beat fresno and overtime which to me is one of the greatest games um you know in Aloha stadium history uh obviously being winless the year before and yes. then the very next year winning the conference i mean how crazy was that under june jones i mean that definitely will mm-hmm. be one of the greatest years in history we ended that year brad and i uh, volunteered at the Oahu Classic slash Hawaii Bowl, which was a double yes. header bowl game that they had. I went to that.
1: I went to that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: which is pretty cool. In fact mm-hmm. you get to go to two games in one and it was a really smart idea, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and Brad and I volunteered and I was on the field for that 99 game when we beat Derek Dennis Erickson and the yes. Oregon State Beavers. Um and they almost got that onside kick at the end. I remember I was I was taking down banners. They were yelling at me. I was like, oh, I'll never volunteer at a game ever again when we wait just playing. It was so hard to like watch. And I was like 16 and I was, you know, volunteering. But so lots of memories, obviously. But um, no, we're going to have so many. And I know um, this uh, Saturday will dredge up even more memories for us. And we'll be making more memories. It'll be a final memory to make. So hopefully see you there. February 25th, um, doors open Early 10 a.m. If you get there early, 10 to 11:30 is free. Seven dollars at noon, and then at mm-hmm. five o'clock it's twenty dollars. So, um, yeah, I mean, make sure you get there. It's two dollars per person in the park as well. So, you, I think even if the admission is free, if you're in the car, they charge two dollars per person, just like they did for the swamp meet as well, right? So. But, um, you know, that's it for another edition of Rainbow Wrap-Up. We went a little bit longer than I thought, but we had a lot to talk about. Obviously, this AD search yeah. is going to be something that we're going to talk about a lot. Um, a lot of stadium, something we can talk about forever. Uh, looking forward to having our boy Shane Lalo Head Agno back on the show uh, next week. And please subscribe um, to this channel. Um, please follow us. And go to hisportsfans.com and join the mailing list. We're going to have so many great adventures. I, I tell you. If you have an adventure that you're looking forward to, I swear to God, you know, here at H.I. Sports Fans, we do the, our very best to give you the most value uh, for your money. And that's something I love doing because I love packing such a huge punch in all of our tours and and checking off so many bucket list items. So just remember that, you know, when you come to H.I. Sports Fans, you're investing in that life experience, you're investing in... um and a company that is there for you and wanting you to have that life experience
1: local brah
0: local brah and it's <laughs> you know it's all it's powered so by poor, my local. grandma's memory from Tocaha, Hilo, Hawaii and so that's all you gotta know about Hawaii sports fans but uh, for Sean Iman and all of Warrior Nation uh, mahalo for joining us tonight we'll see you again next week Aloha
1: Aloha rest in peace Greg in.
0: Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com.